Hello, it's Peter Wright and Kathleen Beauvais in Ontario, Canada. Again, a snowy Ontario. Uh, we're getting very envious, as you'll hear when we start talking to our guests. He's in a much warmer part of the world and the continent, but we'll get to that in a moment. So you are here to watch episode number 157 of The Yacking Show. Uh, this is the show to awaken you to new perspectives for the changing world we're living in. And our guest today is going to be talking about a very new perspective, certainly for me and I think for many of you. You're going to find it very interesting. So before I introduce my co-host, Kathleen, let me give her a quick plug. She wears another hat. Uh, she helps you if you have any IT problems, if you need to recruit people or have outside work done for you, get hold of Kathleen. Her contact details are in our description. Enough from me. Kathleen introduces guests so much better than I do. Welcome, Kathleen. Take it away. <laughs> thank you so much for that, Peter. I really appreciate it. And thank you all so very much for tuning into our show. We so appreciate you and we love reading your comments so do please keep those coming and if anyone out there is interested in being a guest on our show please don't hesitate to reach out to either peter or myself and as peter mentioned we do have another special guest with us today his name is jim marshall welcome to the show jim how are you fine how are you great thank you jim you are the author of a book entitled septemics hierarchies and human phenomena it's a book about a unique transformative revolutionary social science and we'll get into that we'll do a little deeper dive into that a little bit but first of all can you tell us a little bit about your background and how uh and what you would like our audience to know about you well the first thing i want to say is the title is septemics hierarchies of human oh. phenomena oh i'm sorry Yes, I had that written down. I guess I forgot that. Okay. <laughs> okay. So I am the uh, discoverer of hitherto unknown human phenomena. And based on my discovery, I created a philosophic system called Septemics. And I'm the author of the book you just cited. This book would dramatically improve the life of anyone who takes advantage of it. Uh, if you want to find out about septemics, and that's spelled S-E-P-T-E-M-I-C-S, go to septemics.com. As for my qualifications, I'm a polymathic intellectual whose areas of expertise include psychology, philosophy, theology, parapsychology, science, engineering, mathematics, law, literature, history, metaphysics, military science, political science, physical culture, organization, education, and music. And I hold a Bachelor of Science cum laude from City University of New York. Wow. Impressive. That is certainly, certainly impressive. Did you start out in this field though, Jim, or did you get attracted to it further on in your career? Well, it depends on what you mean by this field. Septemics is a new field. I okay, created. sorry, sorry, social sciences. Let me, let me rephrase that. Did you start off in social sciences in one form or another or, or not? Well, it depends on how you think about it. Uh, actually, in retrospect, I was searching for septemics my whole life. Uh -huh. I just didn't know what it was, but I knew that there was something big uh, that could be found uh, obviously, it took me many decades to get there. So 
when I think of my life now, I, I think of myself as, a, as a, an, a person who is inherently polymathic, who was studying everything. While most people were going to the beach, going on picnics, going to parties, going to bars, playing cards, shooting pool, and so forth, I was studying mm. and meditating. Okay. Uh, and I didn't even think of myself as a polymath until well after I had started writing the book. And I did not intend to create a new subject, but the subject exists. So this is a little bit like Copernicus uh, articulating the heliocentric theory. The earth was going around the sun for billions of years before anybody on earth noticed it. Mm -hmm. He just pointed to it and said, this is what's happening. So this is a similar thing. Septemix is there whether you use it or not. Okay. I just was able to find it and write it down because of the special skill set that I had and because of some of my professional work, which involved me working with clients where I observed these phenomena and I wrote them down. Uh-huh. Okay. So you, you've started into it. So carry on. What, what is septemics? Okay. Septemics is a philosophical science based on the fact that many phenomena related to human beings occur in a sequence of seven levels. Literally, the word septemics means of or pertaining to seven. Septemics comprises a collection of scales or sequences, each of which breaks down various human phenomena into a hierarchy of seven steps. There are 35 such scales which span the spectrum of human experience. There are 24 scales which apply primarily to individuals and 11 scales which apply primarily to groups. Can, can you give us an example? Sure. The first scale that I discovered, which led me to find all the others is what I call the scale of basic purposes. I had a six level scale that I had evolved based on my observation and studying experience. And I knew that what I had was right, it worked. But I also knew that there was something not quite there. In other words, it didn't work 100% of the time on everybody. In 1995, I found the seventh level. And the reason it was hard to find is it makes no sense to normal people. Uh, when I found that seventh level, it clicked in mathematically. And I realized I was into something very big. I took 26 semesters of math. I think in math. And septemics is very mathematical. Now, if you try to study it, you don't really experience it as math, but in creating it, it's, it's extremely mathematical. But that's how I know that it is based on natural law because mathematics is inarguable. You cannot dispute that two plus two equals four. But as far as the particular scale that I cited, uh, I didn't know that it was a scale of basic purposes. It took me many years to figure that out. I knew that there was a scale and it described people in a very profound way. And I was able to use it, but it took me a long time to figure out what is this axis? 
So to describe the scale, every human being has one of seven basic purposes. And this basic purpose is generally there for your life. It's very rare for a person to change level on the scale. If the person has a spectacular transformational experience, like for example, Saul on the way to Damascus, mm -hmm. which is discussed much in the Bible, right. he obviously had a transformational experience and he jumped from level two to level one and became a saint, level one is saint. That's an obvious example of someone who did change on this scale. Now, if someone has something terrible happen to them, like people who were in Nazi concentration camps and survived, that usually will knock somebody down one level. People who are badly traumatized will, will, will knock them down one level. But normally, the vast majority of people, I don't have demographic information on this, but most people spend their whole lives at one level. And when you find your level on this scale, it makes living very easy because not only do you know what you're about, you know what everybody else is about. Personally, I find it no challenge at all to spot people on this scale. For example, I can tell you the basic purpose of every president of the United States going back as far as Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Interesting. Very, so very interesting. I, know, I know the basic purpose of those people. And to look at it from another way, if the people of Germany had had this book, they never would have voted for Hitler. Some of them would have, psychopaths, sociopaths, crazy people, criminals, they would have voted for him. But that's not enough to get somebody elected. Mm -hmm. He got a third of the vote to get an office in 1933. He never would have gotten that. Because uh, if it's, once you know the scale, it's obvious that he was at the lowest level, level seven, which is subversive. The goal of a subversive is to destroy. Now, this is hard for many people to grasp because most people don't understand that there are people who intend to destroy. Mm -hmm. Up from that is level six, which is criminal. The criminal mm -hmm. is easy to understand. He's, he's out for himself. His, his objective is pleasure. So when you look at criminals like people in the mafia or uh, people in government, for example, who are criminals, they're interested in pleasure. They're interested in drugs and alcohol and sex and, and limousines and things like that. That's different from somebody like Hitler or Paul Pot who are, who are bent on destruction. Mm -hmm. And if you study those two men, regardless of their rhetoric, which of course is a smoke screen, they were destructive people. And when you get somebody like that in control, it's a catastrophe, as happened in Cambodia with Pol Pot and in Germany with Hitler. Have you studied our prime minister? I probably shouldn't have said that. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, I was going to ask him too. <laughs> very, very little, but I'll tell you, tell you something else. Number one, I never give the level on any scale of a living person. Okay. I don't think it's ethical. It's, you know, I have this advantage that I have this insight into people that almost nobody else has. And so it's sort of not fair for me to use it. Okay, well then- The, other thing, is, the other thing is, I do not get involved in politics or religion. 
because they're divisive. Yeah, of course. Of and Septemix so. is for anybody who can read English, mm-hmm. which is a lot of people. And I don't want to uh, inhibit anybody from getting involved in it because they have political or religious beliefs that might conflict with something I say. So I don't get mm-hmm. it. I have my own ideas and beliefs and I do not uh, announce them publicly at all. No, fair enough. So, yeah. so you've whetted our and our audience's appetites. We, we've got up to, what, what's number five then? If six is criminal, where do we go after that? Okay. Level five is the one I discovered last. And remember, this is only one of 35 scales. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to make this a discussion of one particular scale. Okay. But the level of that I call the loser. 20% right. of the population are self-destructive. They sabotage themselves. And there's nothing you can do to stop it. Nothing. Uh, if you give them a house, it will burn down. If you give them a car, it will, they will crash it. If you give them money, they will lose it in Las Vegas. And I'm sure you've known people like this. These people mm-hmm. wind up drug addicts, homeless people, in insane asylums, in jail, in bankruptcy court. Uh, many of them uh, are murdered or things like that because they're self-destructive. Many of them actually do commit suicide. But of course, there are many ways to commit suicide. Mm-hmm. Lots of ways beyond the ones that are generally recognized. Okay. Did you say 1% or in that category? 20%. 20%. Sorry, yes. my, hear- my hearing is not good. 20, really, okay. as, high- as high as that. Eh? Wow. Yes. So, and that, that explains why do-gooders who think everybody can be helped are always frustrated. Mm-hmm. Because not everybody can be helped. Sure. You cannot help somebody who's at level five, six, or seven on this scale. You cannot. Jim, because, are, you, are, you, are you familiar with the book Power Versus Force? By no. Stephen Hawking's, I believe that's no, but it's oh. but it sounds like something I'd like to read. It it, it is because when you're t- describing the levels, um, and he talks about levels of consciousness, um, it, uh-huh. it, it it just reminded me of that. But anyways, if you haven't read okay. it, we'll just carry on. For- but I I questioned for Jim. Sorry, you said do gooders can't help them, but they can help themselves. No, they cannot. They will not help themselves. Never. I'll give you Would an you example. Mm-hmm. I, I've done a lot of I've done a lot of business dealings. I'm a savvy business entrepreneur, and uh, so I've acted as uh, negotiating one way or another in a variety of deals. I had this person who I negotiated a real estate deal for. Okay, uh, I did not know Septemix at the time. This is a long time ago. I did not know there was such a thing as a loser. Most people don't know this. This person uh, had money had a career, had a position. And when I was negotiating this deal, uh, this person did everything they could to prevent me from succeeding. I finally had to say, shut up and go away. If you want me to do this, leave me alone and I will get you the best deal. And I did. I got the, I gave, got the person the property for exactly the price that I said it should be gotten for. But I had to push the person away rather than allow the person to sabotage the thing. And there are people, there are people like, this is why socialistic schemes always fail. Because 20% of the people 
are not going to succeed. They mm -hmm. don't want to succeed. Mm -hmm. Most people cannot understand this because most people uh, want to succeed. Uh, but once you realize that there are people in this category, you realize A, you want to stay away from them, and B, no matter what the government gives them or anybody gives them, they're still going to have a catastrophe. Mm -hmm. And yep. society, if you look around society, the evidence of this is everywhere. Of course it is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so, so how is Septemics beneficial? I wrote this book to help people. Each of these 35 scales provides the user with an infallible way of determining the salutaries or beneficialness of any group, individual, or activity. If the group, individual, or activity moves persons or groups up these scales, it's beneficial or positive. If it moves them down, it's detrimental or negative. Moreover, just finding out what level you or another person or some group is at is by itself enlightening and beneficial. Sure. Finally, once you know the actual level of a person or group, you can improve that person or group by moving them up one level at a time. All of these advantages represent major steps forward for society. Each of these scales is an axis against which to evaluate human behavior. Combined, they empower one to understand, predict, and manage human affairs to a degree hitherto unattainable by most. So if a person moves up one level, how long do they typically stay at that level? Well, it depends on the scale. It depends on the scale. If you're talking about the scale of basic purposes, lives at one level. If you're talking about uh, the scale of evaluation, for example, that is a very volatile scale. People change on that minute by minute. So the scales vary tremendously one from another. So some of them are long lived and some of them are not. So there's a, there's a very big spectrum in there of rapidity, how quick you go up and how quick you go down, depending on which scale you're talking about. Of course, all of these scales are explicated in great detail in the book. So the other thing that's in the book is, is how to use the book to improve yourself or others. That's explained in great detail. Mm -hmm. So if somebody's searching for their sense of purpose in life, if they're, is this a book that might help them figure themselves out? Absolutely. Hmm. This is a book to help people to figure themselves and other people out. This, anybody who, who mentions this book has an immense advantage over everybody else around him because he can look at people and see what they're doing. I need this I don't book. have any, any trouble using these scales. I need this you know, book. Like I, can, I can just meet somebody talking for 10 minutes and spot him on a particular scale and it either tells me something positive or negative. At the end of the book, I actually did three persons who I evaluated completely with the entire book. These persons are, of course, uh, not named, but they're real people. And I went through all 35 scales and gave uh, what level the person was at in each scale. Also, many of these scales are specific. For example, there's a scale of motivation. So you could say, well, what is your motivation toward your wife? What is your motivation toward uh, your boss? What is your motivation toward 
your business partner and what is his motivation toward you, you see? So that one scale is immensely beneficial in figuring out, because once you know somebody's motivation, that tells you a lot because it cuts through all the rhetoric. Yeah, it would. I get to go ask, ask you if we can go back to something you said earlier about <laughs> um, trauma generally bringing person down a level. Yes. What, what if they, they successfully deal with that? And, and I would use the word adversity rather than trauma. Maybe it's the same. I don't know. Um, someone who, who overcomes adversity, deals with it, gets over it, uh, and uses that to move on in life and get over other problems that come up, would that not push them up the scale? Well, of course, as I said, people can be pushed up scale and can be pushed down scale. Right. And depending on what scale you're talking about, sure. uh, sometimes it's easier to move on the scale. Mm -hmm. uh, okay. You know, some, some scales take many years to descend or ascend. But uh, also there's a difference between adversity and trauma. Yes. When a when, for a person to be knocked down a level, he has to be traumatized. Okay. Okay. Adversity is another thing. I mean, there are all kinds of successful people who deal with adversity and succeed. And in many cases, it's, it's not traumatic in the least for them. Mm -hmm. It's just adversity. Yeah. yeah. But, but I, I, was going, I was going to ask you that. Can, can the same event be trauma for one person and purely adversity for someone else? Yes, it can. Yes, it can. Yeah. This is, again, this is something I deal with in the book. There are people, different people have different levels of, you might say, courage or stamina. You know, some people, uh, if you slap them in the face, that's a traumatic event for them. Mm -hmm. You know, before 1970 in the United States, it was common for boys or young men to have violent fistfights, mm -hmm. which nobody objected to. The teachers didn't mind. The cops didn't mind. Their no. parents didn't mind. Nobody objected to it. People would show up with black eyes and broken noses, and the next day they would be friends again. Mm -hmm. So obviously for those people, that was not a traumatic event. No. For many people, it would be. So, yeah, again, right. it depends on the person. That is why you have 35 scales to analyze the person on different axes mm -hmm. and see what are we looking at here? Uh, you have to get the right scale and then you have to get the right level. And once you have the right level, then you can move the person up one level. You cannot move the person more than one level, no matter what you do. That is impossible. And that is part of the power of this subject. If I made that discovery, these scales are natural law. Now, sometimes you go through a level quickly or easily, but that doesn't mean you didn't go through it. Right. right. So, for example, there's a scale. There's a scale of physical fitness. Okay. Mm -hmm. If you take like a professional athlete, he's probably at level two, which is athletic. Okay. Now, if you uh, shoot him he will descend the scale of fitness in seconds. Mm -hmm. Okay, he will go down. The seventh level is dying and he will be dying possibly within a matter of seconds. So he descended that scale very quickly. All right. That's, that's just an example. But if you have a person like that, 
who doesn't have something terrible happen to him, it'll take him a long time to go down to dying. Yeah. Because he's very fit. Really, okay. I could write a book on each one of these scales. Yeah, it sounds no like question. it. Yeah. <laughs> no, so so right. if somebody reads this book and they're trying, they're they're at a crossroads in their lives, they have no idea what to do with themselves. What what can they expect after they've read this book? Okay. Well, my advice to people that I've actually given to clients and readers and such is study the book like you were studying a textbook. It is a textbook. It is explained in there that this is a textbook on a new subject. So study it the way you would study mathematics or physics or chemistry or economics. So you start on page one and you go through plottingly, making sure you understand everything before going on. The book is full of glossaries. Not only does every chapter has its own glossary, but the introduction, which is the longest section of the book, has its own glossary. So I'm helping people to get past the, the semantic problems mm -hmm. because I define the words before I use them in the scale so you know exactly what I mean. Now, after you get through the whole thing, uh, then you go back to the beginning and read it again and the second time through, find your level on every scale. And by the time you get through the 35th scale, you will be unrecognizable to people. You will be a different person. Because, because uh, you have to realize that many of these scales can be used in many ways. I used the example of the scale of motivation. Uh, you could take 10 parts of your life and see what is the motivation on each of those 10 parts. And then you can yourself move up a level for each one of those things, and you can help other people to move up a level. Right, right. Okay. So here's a, here's a bit of a curveball question, because I love animals. Would, would this philosophy, this uh, science, apply to animals to all sentient beings or, 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 or not? Do you th your opinion, you, you probably haven't thought about it or tried it. What's your I opinion? have, thought about, I have okay. thought about it. And I can tell you is this. It's called hierarchies of human phenomena. Right. So I don't think this applies to animals. Uh, now, when you say human, what do we mean by human? Because say you have people on another planet, humans. Now, there's a lot of evidence that there are people on other planets who are indistinguishable from Homo sapiens. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I would say it applies to them. Mm. Uh, well, if you're talking about non-corporeal beings like angels, only some of the scales would touch that. But generally, I wrote this to help human beings. Mm -hmm. No, sure. No, I understand that. But I, I was just guessing or perhaps surmising that some of it would perhaps apply to animals. When I think of my close relationships I've had with lots of animals, I see animals have a lot of differences between members of a certain species. And I, I would suggest there's some parallels between animal hierarchies and human hierarchies but i'm going off track it was just my right. mind running running down a rabbit hole so pardon me for that um I, i've got a burning question i want to ask you we're, we're getting close to our 30 mm -hmm. minutes but before i do kathleen have you got anything else for jim no you go ahead you? peter so 
I think I, <clears throat> this one might be a little unfair for you because you're, you're so much more qualified to answer it than I am to ask it. However, we ask it of all our successful, um, knowledgeable guests on the show. And if I was to ask you for one characteristic or a habit or mindset that you thought people needed or had that would differentiate the people who are successful, and I don't just mean about making money, I mean successful in having a well-balanced life and obviously being relatively well-off, what differentiates them from the rest who, who, who never make it? And, you know, there's, there's more than just your 20% of losers who don't actually get there. Is it a single thing, do you think, or is it a combination? Well, uh, there is something I discovered that I have used with my clients and students, but it's not systemic. It's completely separate. Okay. Don't focus on the barriers. Focus on the goals. Ah. People who fail are focusing on the barriers. You know, they're focusing on things like, oh, I'm oppressed because of my race, mm-hmm. or I'm oppressed because I grew up poor. That's focusing on the barriers. The barrier. Focus yep. on the goals, you know. Whatever your goal is, whatever your multiple goals, if you focus on that, the barriers don't bother you so much. Now, obviously, I'm not saying to ignore them. I'm saying don't focus on them. Right. That's, right. I've helped many people with that one thing. That's very good. Yeah, no, that's great. Thank you for that. Very, very important. Excellent. So, Back to you, Kathleen. Yes, we are running out of time, but like, how do people get a hold of this book and how do people contact you? Well, if you go to my website, septemics.com, mm-hmm. there's a massive amount of information about me, how you can contact me, where you can find the book. There's also a lot of information about press, things that people have written about it reviews and things like that. So you can find, there are even pieces of the book itself on the website. So if you go to to the website, you will find out a lot about Septemix and then you can decide to buy it or not. It's available in hardbound, softbound and ebook. The ebook is very inexpensive. So this doesn't take much of an investment Mm -hmm. and you're getting data that's uh, really earth-shaking data that is way ahead of the current society. Wow. And I've been on your website, Seth, spent several minutes there already and quite fascinated by what I've read. So to our audio listeners who are not watching the video, if you go to the description, you'll find those links, septemix.com. And certainly I'll be going after this to buy that book. I think it's going to help me a lot. Thank you, Jim. Yes. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you so much for being on our show today, Jim. And thank you all so much for tuning in once again. And uh, we love reading those comments. So please keep those coming. And until next time. Oh, I forgot. I almost forgot, actually. A little plug for our friend Peter here. Peter, please hold up your book. It's Five Steps to Thriving on Adversity. And it's a book that um, I've read cover to cover and absolutely uh, just it's it's what Hollywood movies are made of. You really, it is. I. But I, I've got to it. say, I've I've got to say to the audience, I'd love you to buy my book, but go and buy Jim's first because <laughs> it sounds like a good one. So thanks for that, anyway, Kathleen. Just thank a you very much, Jim, my friend. All right, thank you, everybody, once again, and until next time, take care. Bye bye. <laughs>